Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Hey yo. Uh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> it's your girl Shanti. And it's Antoinette. And you are listening to Around, Around the, the Way, Way Curls. We are two Philly bred best friends who strive to produce content that is authentic, unapologetic, and exalting of the magic we see in ourselves and in you. Join us as we oscillate between love and light and money and dicks. Because, because duality, duality is a thing. Yizzo! Part two. Part Hello! Happy Monday, everyone. Yes, energy. <laughs> Monday, Monday. The Monday mornings, maybe. Maybe you're at your office. Maybe you're working from home. Maybe you just quit your job because Beyonce told us to. But we are back <laughs> with part two of the episode. We don't. We haven't named it yet. <laughs> I was going to call it something, but I don't know what it should be called. I think part one should be, we're rooting for everyone white. Since you were talking about the white, the white Emmys. I'm literally writing that. That's good. I swear to God. They're going to be like, canceled. Um, let me write that down right now before I forget. Rooting today, for everyone white. You are white. really digging your Emmy own edition. grave. You really are. Huh? You div- you're digging your own grave with these <laughs> anti-black sentiments, girl. But we'll, oh, get, into, no. we'll get into then it. We'll get we're into, get into it. it now. No, that's just going to get the people going. Emmy edition. You agree with me, unpopular opinion. We was like, yo, fuck insecure air euphoria. 
Zendaya Except was for not, Abbott. I did not like Zendaya's. Anyway, we already talked about it. If you want to hear that episode, <laughs> then you need to go back. It's like Sankofa. Sankofa moment. Okay. Um, that released on Thursday. But as we discussed on Thursday, we wanted to break up these episodes because they're getting a little lengthy and people and have ADD. Opinion. We should get a consensus from the people too. Let's get a consensus. We're trying it out. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe they'll be mad. I don't know. But I'm telling you, I'm going to show you the stats. Long story short, here we are, part two from last week. And we have a listener who DM'd me. Hi, I'm the guy, blank, I won't say his name, that left the voicemail about biracial children and what my wife and I could do to better help them. I know you said it's tricky, but I would love your insight. And maybe to add to the voicemail, what are the things you think your parents could have done better to help you or things you see now that, hey, if they had when you were younger, it could have, this is a weird sentence, it could, oh, if they had when you were younger, maybe basically you wouldn't have had certain things affect me the way they did. Thank you again and much love from the Woods family. So this got me to thinking, it's like, oh shit. What would I have done differently? Or what would I have asked my parents to do differently? I don't have any children. I am not a mother. So that's full disclosure right there. Also, when we talk about biracial right now or mixed or multi-raced children, because you can be much more, um, I think it's important to say that the lens that I'm speaking from, and Shanti, I'm sure as well, is that we both have black fathers and white mothers. And so this is our lens. We can only give insight on that. We understand that there's a lot of other experiences um, out there, but this is, this is where we're coming from. Um, but first and foremost, I thought it was important to talk about like, what is mixed? What is biracial? What does that even mean? Because I, I was watching, I was doing some, some research on this, trying to just see what information was out there. And I heard a lot of people say, well, you know, it's interesting when you're half this and half that. And Hillary from the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, I, forgive me, I don't remember her real name at, the, at this moment. She, I was so grateful to her because I was getting frustrated hearing these interviews and she actually said on an interview with Vlad TV where she said, you know, that's not really how it works that you're one half this, one half that. Like, yes, that's how the world will say it. That's how people see you, but you're one whole person. And so to, to compartmentalize yourself and to, um, to split yourself down the middle in such a way is, is not, it's not a real hmm. way of being. Mm -hmm. And so even that language is confusing to a young person mm. and it's confusing to an adult mm. where when people ask you, what are you, you know, often you, for me, I've wanted to find a word that would capture what I am in totality, not half this, half that. And so in my, up uh, in my, uh, life. It, it's changed. First it was mixed 
And then it was, oh, I'm biracial. And then it was, I'm not going to say what I am. I'm going to say what my parents are and you fucking decide. It was my mom's white, my dad's black. You guys let me know what I am. And then it has transformed into a mixed race black woman. I heard... Um, Adrian Marie Brown. We're... Yes. Adrian Marie Brown say that, and that really stuck with me. She said that in, um, what was it? In Pleasure. What was the book we were reading? Pleasure, Pleasure Activism. Pleasure Activism. That was how she she identified herself. And I was like, oh, okay. I really, I fuck with that. So I'm curious to know, Shanti, what is biracial? Do you say that you're biracial? Do you identify as that? What do you call yourself um, when people ask you? I mean, you know what? It's really interesting that that wasn't a question, that isn't a question that's often posed to me as an adult, mm. but as a younger child. I think when you your identity is the least formed is when, at least for me, is when I was confronted with that question the most by folks. And... Hmm. Um, I don't remember what I would say, but I think now when I rare, although rarely I am asked what I am similar to you, I'll say my mom's white and my dad's black. I won't, I won't put a label. I'll just say what my, my parents are. Um, I don't find incredible discomfort in being called biracial and being called mixed it doesn't like make me prickly or uncomfortable or feel like Same. that's not mine. It's just like, yeah, I don't, I don't often feel again, the way my disassociation is set up. <laughs> it is not necessarily from an evolved place or a place of being settled and understood, but I, I, I have never, not I've never, but that's not been a huge part of my, angst in my identity is being um, biracial. And that could be a privilege of mine, which we will talk about later. Um, Mm -hmm. Yes. Do people ever refer to your white side versus your black side? Because that's something I get a lot. In jokes, in jests, in, you know, in pointing out a serious character flaw. (laughs) 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 Um... But no, yeah, I think that's the only time. I think that's so interesting that you said um, you you don't get that question. What are you? I as an adult, I get that all of the. I think time. you look more ambiguously mm. raced than I am. It's maybe a little bit okay. more ambiguous than 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 me. Interesting. I have a keen eye for finding, knowing, and knowing all oh, this person. It's very rare that I don't know that somebody's specifically white and black. Now, really? the other mixtures, like, you know, if you're Latina, if you're Asian and black, whatever, I have a knack for knowing when somebody's white and black. And I'm learning, even within that nuance, Jewish and black mixed race Different. people. That's what I have yeah. to say. That's it. So I also will say in doing this research, I was disheartened Mm. a little bit because I felt like most conversations and uh, this happened on that damn show, the the real, the fake view that's off the air. And there was a real opportunity. I forget what twin, what Maori twin was on there, Tia or Tamara, 
I think it was Tamir. I don't know. But long story short, there was a real opportunity for her to step up and into this like conversation because um, a white woman called or wrote or something. They read her question or played it, and she was saying that she was raising an African child. The child's African-American, which is his first interesting issue there but and she wanted some advice on how to do it because the father was not around x y and z and she wanted the kid to be um you know aware of their own culture and and comfortable in their identity and so the only thing they really talked about was make sure the kid's skin is moisturized which these are important things but make sure the kid's skin is moisturized make sure you know how to do their hair. Actually, don't even try to do their hair. You just need to take them to a black salon. The the black woman on there was Lonnie, I think her name. The way I'm butchering these people because I can't stand that show. Now, if it was The View, I would have had this right. But, you know, she was saying, oh, and make sure they know how to work a hot comb. And it was just, it felt very surface. <laughs> and it was like, yeah, but what is the, what is the hair you know, there's, there's something deeper there, deeply rooted. And they were just missing the mark to me. And so what they were really touching on was culture. Right. But they just were skimming the surface. And so when I was looking for other resources as well, that was really all that they were getting. Like, how do I do my biracial kid's hair? My biracial kid has eczema. What do I do? Is this what, it was just that. Um, and so, I will say that that is important. I will say that when your child is young, right, I'm thinking about myself coming up. And the first thing that I think made me realize that I was quote unquote different uh, was that was my hair was in the conversations around it. Now, I have to preface that I in my household, there was racial tension. There was love, but there was racial tension where my parents had very different understandings <laughs> and they um didn't spend a whole lot of time with the other race that they married into and so there was a lot of clashing and so when it came to my hair my dad really did my hair for the most part who's um, black who's black and it was braids it was plaited there was grease luscious pink moisturizer but my mom would wash my hair with things that really strip my hair. My dad would get frustrated with that. Or, you know, I'll never forget when my sister, when she put a relaxer in my sister's hair because she worked with mostly black women at her job. And the black woman was like, oh, if her hair is too wild to tame, put this uh, just for me relaxer in it. And so my dad like had a fit about it. And... I just remember that tension always being a thing and no one really talking about it, but, but picking up on it energetically as a child. And so now, you know, there's resources where I do think it's important that you learn how to do your child's hair. I do think it's important that you learn your child's skin and that all of that is celebrated, but I don't think that that really gets to the meat and potatoes. I think of what I needed as a kid. And I don't know if that's the, if you feel the same no, way, I want to speak for you. When, when I knew that um, this is what we were talking about, not, you know, you go over, again, those surface things, those points of 
mm-hmm. contention or where you can be noticed as different or blah, 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 where you can be caught with your pants down if you don't know, you know, what, I don't know, shea butter is or whatever, you know. But I think the most important thing, and to answer that question of what I wish my parents had done differently is similar to you, race was not talked about in the family and they didn't reckon with their own notions of what race and what their experiences were and like bring it together in a way that I saw them wrestling with and creating space for each other and correcting each other or, you know, more than even correcting, but like sharing this thing and exposing each other to each other's worlds, their upbringing, right. their notions, these deep-seated... It was separate. Yeah, these deep-seated um, experiences that are very American. Like, it's... Black and white people... The, the America is the experience of black and white people. So to grow and, and, and the consequence of that tension and, and the consequences of that lack of attention is, is where we are in so many ways right now. And if like that's repeated in the house, just like you said, it, you can have somebody else do the hair. They can be greased up. You could be playing Missy Elliott, Asada Shakur, whatever you think is quote unquote black. Arrested development. Whatever you think (laughs) is quote unquote white, send them to the Ivy League schools. You know, they know the etiquette. But if you're not, if they don't see you guys wrestling with race in your own house and your own identities with race, it just, I don't know. I I think that's an opportunity. And there's no answer of how it should be, you know? You're, there's no answer that I'd rather my white mom have had to constantly reckon with white privilege with somebody that she loved the way that she liked my da- the way that she did with my dad mm-hmm. and have a difficult time with it and watch her resist it and soften and see more deeply and see the consequences then that not be had at yeah. had at all. It's gonna be messy. It exactly. I think because everybody's coming into it differently, right? Um, so maybe you have a parent where the the parent is involved and accepts their privilege or has more um what, more grace for someone who doesn't quite see their privilege that yet, but they love them or whatever whatever the case may be. I think for me specifically, I wish there was more honesty. And like, I think that's the only way to do it, quote unquote, right, is to be honest and to call it out. I think for so long, like I I told this story a million times, I didn't even know what I was because I was told that I was mixed. And every so much of the, you know, I wasn't told that I was black. I didn't know about my my history and my culture and partly because my parents don't know about theirs. Mm -hmm. So I wish that my parents, my mom would have sat me down and told me about her Italian and German family. I wish my dad would have told me more about, 
you know, the fact that he's traced his family history back to Cuba from the Middle Passage and all these kind of things. Like, what does that mean? You know, I wish that there was more tradition so that I so that I honored their cultures, our culture and and, and, and understood them and that they were celebrated. I also just don't feel I feel like um, and this. This might be tricky, but I also think being honest when you don't know with your children, being honest about, you know, and of course there's an age thing, but when you're navigating things in the house, it's easier to be honest. Like, well, daddy feels this way. Mommy feels this way. How do you want your hair? You know, how does your skin feel? Which shampoo do you like? Which doll do you like? You know, and why? Let's talk about that because you also have to reckon with the fact that your kids are being influenced. And of course, there's more representation now. But I remember back in the day only having white dolls, only having like only having real exposure to a lot like the idea of beauty was whiteness, right? Was white folks. But then I knew that I gravitated more towards my dad and whatever he was doing, whether it was his music or whether it was... So I I just don't feel like it was talked about enough. I was protected and insulated and you're a human, you're a good person. And if anybody asks you, you're mixed and they need to mind their business. And that really um, didn't allow for the family to blossom and grow in, in the way that I think it could have had we been more honest and celebrated each other more and been more aware of, of our history and, and where we were coming from. I also think that something really opened up for me. There's sometimes racial tension within the, the um, extended family and being honest about that Mm -hmm. because the kids feel it. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but those family events, I would get anxiety mm-hmm. because one parent was always uncomfortable and they were barking at each other and trying to make sure mm-hmm. that none of their family members were uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but that their, that their spouse was on their best behavior mm-hmm. or then the spouse just stopped showing up because of that tension. Mm-hmm. It's like, why didn't we talk about why mom wouldn't come? And it doesn't have to be a conversation that needs to be had with the kids, but like you have to be... You have to be See, working on, aware of, and committed to unraveling your notions of what race and identity are. All the t- it's not, it's it's it's, and it's going to be a constant thing. It's going to be constant. But like, you have to be committed. You have to be aware of it, and you have to be open to to learning because I think. Also, our parents just didn't have the language around yeah. some of the shit that they were just feeling. They It was hard for them to talk about it because yeah. without feeling defensive or without feeling rejected or without feeling, you know, yeah, all of these, it was really hot. But I feel like now, luckily, we have language around confronting some of these really tender, hot things. But it doesn't feel like it's something that will not be a continuous thing that your kids are not going to witness you. And, and as they get the language, help you guys bridge the gaps between whatever it is that you, you know, your differences are. 
Because the idea of blackness is such a a, a varied thing. You know what I mean? Like, and whiteness. And whiteness. But especially, I think... I don't know who... I, I don't know who I would be had I not had the exposure and the friendships that I had, which is you very which which can be confused with the ubiquitous black, you know, like mm-hmm. knowing hip hop, knowing I don't know, going to the cookouts, knowing Jump what the rope. electric slide is, like I just happened to be in an inner city and those were my friends and that's what I was exposed to. But had I not had those friendships, my experience as a black woman or my experience with blackness would be completely, would be far more, diff- I think it would be very different for me. Yeah. So, and it's, and it's not, the, not, the answer is not to say, make sure your kid goes to a cookout and knows what hip hop and R&B and Luther Vandross, fat and skinny Luther Vandross. It's because like... That feels like well, a performance it? of blackness as well. That do, if you yeah. don't know that doesn't mean you're not black, and your kid like has to right. deal with that too. Right. So I think let's get into that. I think um, so. A lot of the conversations around that I was seeing was around you know your kid is going your biracial child. If you know, again, we're coming from the lens of white and black but they're going to be perceived and treated as black, which we'll get into privilege and things in a bit. But I think that's why there is an emphasis on making sure from the public, right? Making sure that the child understands quote unquote black culture and black culture. Duality is a thing. We are not a monolith. Think black culture varies depending on where you are in this, in this country, in this world, Right. Is black even a thing outside of this country? It's 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 a whole thing. So I know that it's it might feel performative, right? But I that's where I think exposing the child to different communities, whether it's black folks. I mean, if you have the wherewithal, I'm really grateful that I grew up in a mixed community. I grew up in Roxborough, which was very mixed. My best friend was uh, Indian, young Indian girl. They were, they, those was my peeps. I would go over her house. They would teach me, show me how to make the food. It was, it was very interesting. I had white friends, this and that. But I always knew that I felt the most seen, appreciated, and safe almost, like loose, free, in spaces that were predominantly black. And so I don't know what that is. Again, we grew up in Philly, but I, I personally do think it's really important that the kid or that your children are exposed to as many cultures as possible. And then they can figure out where they feel you know, the safest or the best or what, what their interests are. Um, but I, I'm similar to you where I don't know where I would be if I didn't have the girls at my dance school, if I didn't go to the school and sit down with Tierra Whitley, Tierra Battle, Sade Williams and fight with her. But my boyfriend was an Eric Johnson. Like, I don't know if I didn't ride the cheese bus 
Like I, if I didn't listen to Power ninety nine, I don't know. But I think. But yeah, yeah. Go ahead. And I think that that, and I think that that is an unexplored. I think that's a thing to, when the kid, I think we as adults, and I think, as the kids get older, for them to start dissecting because. They very because that doesn't mean you're not right. It doesn't mean you're not. It doesn't mean this person is more. It doesn't. It it also just shatters the notion of what this blackness and we're all ha- we're in a black moment now. We're in a black black is king, mm-hmm. but I think it also limits. And I'm ready for when the conversation goes outside of of this this the way that we kind of stronghold and box in what blackness is and what's yeah. important. And I, and I'm excited because I think a lot of these, these biracial kids who don't necessarily connect with or feel any loyalty to this, this stereotype of what blackness is keep emerging into this world and they're going to fuck it the up. anime they're going to the fuck anime up what bl- blackness is what race what ide- what race identity is right it's going to it's going to fuck our shit up and i'm excited for that because we've spent so much time and i i don't know i don't know it's like the skateboard blacks the anime blacks the, the yeah. comic comic-con black like all of all those types folks of blacks and there may be so kids many. that are like i really fucking love my white friends like i love i feel exactly. safe with them and i'm still black like i actually yes. don't know what they're saying these other kids are saying i don't like it it makes me feel uncomfortable whatever like but i think part of this i think that part of the idea around making sure your child is immersed in this quote-unquote stereotypical black culture is that when you do, if you phenotypically look brown or black, when you enter those white spaces, you might not be prepared for whatever implicit bias, microaggressions, macroaggressions. Like, you might not be ready for that because you're coming into it as this is who I am, but the world and this country is tricky. And so that's where the... What do you mean? You had a question. I'm just, I don't understand what the, I don't know why you have to identify with the idea that black people like hip hop and have rhythm and like. No, no, no. I'm not saying you do. I'm saying that I think that the default for some parents and why they're like, you need to, you need to go to the cookout. You need to this, you need to that because over there you're not really welcome. Mm. And so they're like, this is a safe space for you Mm. because People won't look at you differently here. If anything, they'll tokenize you and you'll be exalted and we'll get into that. So I think it's important that that's when that honesty comes in. That's when you start having those talks with your kids about, you know, insert. No one ever said it to me, but I will never forget my dad (laughs) telling people, do not call my kids pretty. Anymore. I don't want to hear nothing about their hair. I don't want to hear nothing about their skin. I want to hear nothing about that shit. And I knew, I was like, why is he doing that? And, and when I was young, I thought, oh, he just wants us to know that we're smart, that we're kind. But he noticed that we were getting that biracial privilege shit. 
And he was like, I'm going to nip that shit in the bud because that's not a thing. And so, but on the other end, we were never talked about when we would occupy white spaces when I was like in gymnastics and felt really ostracized in a re like, oh, I was the only black person in there. And I just remember feeling so isolated, loving gymnastics, but feeling crazy in there, feeling crazy at church, feeling crazy at my CCD lessons because grew up Catholic, just feeling like, whoa, I don't feel good here. Mm -hmm. What is this energy? Mm -hmm. And no one telling me what it was. What would, no you, one, what, would, what would you have liked them to say to you? I, I wish that would have been okay. So let's talk about how some people, not all people are like this, but this is the history of this country and dumbing it down for like a kid. And as I got older, feeding me more and more, but it took me until high school until I really. Welding instructor, Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like Forge FX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Entered into Philadelphia Freedom School where I really got into, you know, the dynamics of this country, of race, of all those things. And, 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 you know, all you know growing up in middle school is slavery, but you don't know about systemic racism. You don't know about implicit bias. You don't understand mm -hmm. those things. You feel them. Mm -hmm. And so I think I probably would have, would have more white friends and would occupy, occupy, excuse me, more white spaces had someone been able to explain to me what it was that I was feeling. Hmm. I think part of the reason why I would shy away from those spaces was because I didn't want to feel that way, hmm. you know? And so even, even when I went to college, I, when I walked in, I was like, oh, God, here we go. And I, my guard was completely up with my roommates, completely up. And I was the only brown person in my whole suite. It was tricky, but I had to slowly trust them and they had to slowly prove to me. And we had honest conversations about, you're the first black person I've ever been around outside of my nanny. One of my roommates literally told me that. Jesus. And thank God that'll be easier. Like it's, ch I think it's changing now, hopefully. But I wish someone would have stepped up and said what it was. And I feel like that didn't happen because I had parents that hadn't reconciled that within their own relationship. Mm -hmm. And so they were like, I'm not about to bring this up and start a whole fight and have this house blow up. Mm -hmm. You know, like that radical honesty didn't exist between them. So it, how could it exist with us? Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So that's why I think the the cookouts and the things like that, at the end of the day, phenotype is a thing. 
Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. So then, if 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 that's part of this, could be Mr. Woods, the black guy. That may not be a part of his reality. That may may not be his right. experience of what blackness is. But that doesn't take away the possibility of discussing racial dynamics or what safety feels like or what mm-hmm. um, what culture means. Because mm-hmm. again. We just happen to gravitate towards black culture and and this uh, this ubiquitous black identity where you know uh, which is kind of like the shared black experience, but that is also deeply connected to class in a lot of ways at least for mm-hmm. at least for me, but as people are mixing it up. Black folks are moving about different parts of the country. Yeah, he said he lives upstate New York. It's not a, in it's New York, a, New York. It, that those mm-hmm. that may not be what is even that is not their black culture. So like, then this kid has to swim, really f- figure out figure out what culture means, and then you're kind of faced with discussing. Again, which is which I am I'm happy that it's going to be cracked open is what is identity if you don't have these right. things that's like I don't know what the cookout is. I don't have access right. to the cookout. Does that mean I'm not black? Does that mean I'm you know, right. then you have to confront these really hard things that I don't have the answers for because that wasn't my that isn't my identity and experience and that's tough. But again, right. because a lot of these kids are coming into the world, they're going to, it, it's going to, I think, even 
us and our experience, there's going to be even more language for the next generation of of kids, both black and white. Because now you're going to have a lot of white kids growing up talking about Black Lives Matter and like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to feel this way and, you know, open and not not having ingested the same tensions maybe as deeply or the biases that their white parents have. So then you have this whole new space of what black white relationship and identity is where kids might fuck around and say like, I don't, I don't care that he's black or white. I don't see color. And maybe down the line, that shit doesn't mean like, we like scoff at that and be like, you're, you're out of your fucking mind. Like, are you serious? You don't see me, (laughs) but like maybe four generations from now, I don't know. Class is always a thing. Like the class would have to be something that um, disappears and who holds the money power. But that's a different call. That, that's I don't I actually don't think that that can actually happen until class is disrupted in a way that ain't nobody disrupting that shit. But so then uh, you touched on this and I do want to get to privilege and accountability with with biracial children, but since you touched on this, I wrote down, is I is identity fluid? Like, I think it is. It's like, should we thing. be telling our children, right, should we be telling our children who they are? At, or do they get to decide based off of their background, based off of what they enjoy, That's based off of... That's what we've all been doing anyway. It's all a made-up thing. It's all a fabricate. It's not biological. Like, it's made up. Right. So that's why I really think, again, the exposure to as many cultures as possible, to as many different communities as possible, and and just being completely honest. Because That's again, if you got an all-black kid, an all-white kid, or a biracial kid. You, a Chinese kid, they all should be... We all should be having that same commitment to like... That's what I'm... Yeah. Oh, no, I don't yeah. mean just black and white. I mean like yeah. everything around right. you. Yeah. Because um, I, I say all this, but I also was you know, listening to Barbara Streisand like a mug with my mm-hmm. mother. I was also into musical theater. And like there was a lot of exposure, mm-hmm. you know, and kayaking and archery which and is, shit. Which is dope because you, as a yes. biracial kid, that kind of, if your parents are together, that kind of comes with the territory. Like, yes, variety just comes with it. And you have all of these things that you're, and that you're, you grow up being able to manage or like, it is. It becomes a. Um, it becomes another emotional intelligence that you have mm-hmm. that I don't know happens if you just have this one experience, white or black, yeah. which is, which is dope and exciting for the future if people keep mixing it yes. the fuck up. Ciao. So Dr. Umar is gonna get me. <laughs> Ciao, <laughs> baby. <laughs> I'm listening to this like it's gonna be so many people like these motherfuckers are anti-black. They are not preserving the black family. But I, I'm listening. I do want to talk about and again, this is our this is our um our experiences, but experiences around privilege, right? And accountability as to biracial chicks, right? Women, not chicks, women. Okay. Remember Mixed Chicks? Remember that hair company? Mixed Chicks. Wow. Tricky. Shout out to them. I wonder if they're what still out. They alive. probably changed it to Mm-mm. Multicultural Femmes. Multicultural, non-binary, 
hair brand. Well, female um, identifying <laughs> black women. Privilege and privilege and accountability, man. Again, it's gonna it's going to deter. It depend on what environment you're in. But I think within the world and within this country, still presently, there is racially ambiguous privilege. There's definitely privilege that comes with proximity to whiteness, other, exotic. And I think preparing your children for that you have to know your child too, and where they're at emotionally, and in their um, you know maturation. Nigga, you ain't cute. Handle. It's just that the beauty standards are fucked up. Okay, <laughs> you ain't no better. <laughs> I'm really trying <laughs> to be you adult ain't about special, this. Bitch. Just because a beauty fan is a fucked up, all right? Get the fuck in the house. <laughs> I'm really trying to be an adult, and to this, I'm trying to give. Um, what is it? Clinical. Still processing, <laughs> and you are bringing us down. <laughs> Little nigga, you think you got good hair with your light skin oh ass? Oh, my God. You ain't Y'all, cute. she's saying the N-word again. <laughs> Tricky. I don't know. You ain't stopping I, we me. Never, we never covered that. Y'all, but, baby, I don't know if the world feels like, I don't know if the listeners feel like you could say it. I don't know where you got that from. They don't want it to be said. I don't care. I don't <laughs> care but do you get to not care that's the question if somebody says it to me directly i don't want you to say it then i'll be like in my presence then i'll be like cool 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 but i'm not gonna be sitting here uh policing myself i don't feel awkward and dumb saying it speaking of biracial privilege (laughs) let's get into it (laughs) um what do you think about this shanti because i Mm-hmm. I I think it depends on the on on the space you're in. I think there's spaces where I receive a lot of privilege, and I think there's spaces where they like, bitch, just like you said, shut the fuck up and get to the back. Don't nobody want to hear from you. We're tired of you. I mean, yeah, I guess it depends turn. on it depends on the context, right? Like, ain't nobody gonna fight for black people like a biracial girl that just graduated from nobody. an Africana studies. Ain't nobody. Let's- <laughs> Nobody. We bought about it. Woke. We're like, get behind me. That it is. Malcolm Little reincarnated. That that is annoying. Or it is. It. It it, it, yeah that 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 has its own set of. um, But what do you say to your children? Because my I wish that my dad would have had that conversation with me about why I was being tokenized. And what to look out for, especially in dating, I think. Um, and also why I might be triggering for some people. I, n- I will never forget. And my grandmother to this day will act like she never said this to me. But she told me that I trigger her and that she loves me to death. But she, you know, was made to sleep outside because she was the darkest person in her family. And then her son goes off and marries a white girl and has these light ass kids. And she, and she's like, you know what? What the fuck? But she loves me to death. But that was such an eye opening conversation. I could hear her and could, and could get it. Now it happened at, at a, you know, I was probably what, like maybe 14, 15, 
But I, I, I wish that we had more honesty around it on like in certain spaces, it might be this and everybody feel everybody's coming to the table with their own experience. Everybody's coming. And you just have to be you. And it doesn't mean you dim your light. It doesn't mean that you cower. It means that you are self-aware and that you take into, take certain things into account, but that you are yourself, but just, that you understand what's going on around you and that everybody's still processing this as well. Nobody has it figured out. What a powerful conversation that would have been, I feel. Well, I think, we, I think, uh, I think we're going to get to the root of the thing. If you, as a multiracial family, particularly with the white and black combo, and if your mm-hmm. child by the age of... 12, 14, depending on their ability to understand deep concepts, don't, doesn't understand what white supremacy is and the consequence of white supremacy economically, f- fin- like phenotypically, socially, beauty standards. If they don't, if, if they are not able to trace the dysfunction of America back to that, you fucked up and you need to go and figure out how to correct that. Because if you're, if you tell your child that America has and the world at this point has been hoodwinked into thinking that a certain beauty standard is the, the baseline and anything that is close to that, you know, is desirable to undesirable speech, money, all of that shit. Dress. If if they don't know mm-hmm. what is what she say if they don't know bell hooks, capitalistic or Lord. Uh, pa- patriarchy, what did she say? I need to learn that by heart. But if they don't know the white supremacist patriarchy oh, and I capitalism, then th- by the age of their thirteen, then you that's 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 the basis in which you educate your child so that they have a sense of who they are and who they're not and. How? What are the many possibilities that they can show up in the world? Because white people, white supremacy, is the thing that has fucked everybody up into into believing in race in the first place. So if you have a little girl or a little boy, who's because again, biracial kids come in many different tones and hues, and if you have many kids, you may have a child that's darker than the other or lighter than the other. One may have really kinky hair. One may have damn near straight hair. Yeah, they have to be reminded every Mm -hmm. single day of their value and worth as a human being and that they have to break open and completely dismiss this notion of what... Imperialist, white supremacist, capitalist, patriarchy. If your kid don't know what that means by the age of 14... Well, you ain't no bitch, so we I didn't. Struggling. We failed. <laughs> Same because I, I missed the imperialist. But you did, but you had it. If that that's it, it's not this. Oh, you're this, you're that. It's like no, that this the, somehow, some way, we've ingested these fucked up notions of what beauty is, and it's a lie. It's not just beauty, though. Uh, when you're talking about your privilege, right? So if you're talking it's about how you interface, beauty. how you interface with the world, and if you if you present in a particular way, it's present, right? Because you don't have to be beautiful 
to be, I get this privilege to quote unquote beautiful. You just have to be, you have to have the proximity to whiteness. Well, that, that, that's what they have to know. And that's what your wife yes. has to know. That's what you have to know. And that's what should be discussed and unraveled. Or your husband. Because we're all moving from it. It's not like black people are like, well, I'm immune to this because I'm a... No, you live and breathe and honor and uphold that shit just the same way that just your wife much. does. So yes. everybody's constantly being like, am I ugly or do I think white people are superior to me right i also think it's really important that that's great you hit the nail on the head with that i also think it's really important for and it takes a very evolved parent to be able to disc, uh, to explain the difference between white people and whiteness and so i think a lot of discomfort in this conversation comes from white people feeling like, well, I'm not that. And so I think there's a difference. Like I love white people. I do not love whiteness and whiteness is, is to me the embodiment of that privilege of that imperialist, patriarchal white supremacist society and, and the, the will to uphold it. You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. And so I think examining before you even enter into any relationship is examining how you uphold it and how you embody whiteness. And that is something, and I'm saying that because my experience with the white people that I love dearly and who love me dearly as best as they can, for the most part, cannot understand that difference. And it's a huge disconnect and a huge reason why I don't feel we're as close as we could be. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Okay. And So then I also want to talk ooh. about, really quickly, that we're two people who identify as women. We make fun of this, but it is tricky for these biracial boys. And I can't speak to it, <laughs> but I can see it. I see it in them. And I remember being in high school and there was a biracial boy who he had a little bit of clout because his dad was famous. Who was his dad? I ain't going to say this person's <laughs> name, but I'll text it to you. You so raggedy. <laughs> <laughs> can't stand you. Um, but he was, his dad was very, uh, uh, his dad was not a stereotypical black man. His dad was hella black, but was like, I'm not the kind of black that y'all think I am or want me to be, but was hella fucking black. And like, just, you could tell he loved blackness, black people, black skin, black hair, black everything. Just fell in love with the fucking white woman and had some kids. Mm. But this boy was tender. This boy wasn't tough. He had that pretty but awkward light skin look. And he, I could see him wanting to be hard, wanting to be cool, wanting to be that stereotypical hip hop, you know, or, or skate. It, 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 it would, 
it would oscillate between the hip hop black and the skateboard backpack black and the, this it was just very interesting to see him kind of flounder in getting his footing and figuring out who he was instead of just being him and being tender and being you know and it's hard to do that in high school and again I that's I can't speak to it but I'm telling you I pick up on the vibes it's like look at Drake he's still floundering but it's tricky. And so as two biracial girls, I feel like that's something that, you know, we, that's something to be desired from the masses, right? We're other, we're exotic, we're this, we're that. For biracial men, if you don't look like Jesse Williams <laughs> and you ain't about this black shit the way he is, and you might be the, the black at Comic-Con, you not, don't I I don't feel that you're as welcome in certain black spaces and as desirable to black women. I've heard black women talk about biracial men and how they are soft or they are just they're not what they want for the most part. And it's a shame. And again, that that is us. We need to examine. We are not well. Why we are that way. Excuse me? That we are not well. Yeah. Imperialists. No. But would you agree that, mm-hmm. that there is a different there's a difference in Yeah, I think girls they have to boys. reckon with as black men do too. But they definitely have to reckon with their masculinity mm. and the um rejection or trying to fit in in a particular way at a at a at a really young age yeah it's tricky i don't know that many i don't know many um biracial men close that are very close to me mm-hmm. um i know a family that are raising some amazing biracial boys quirky strange but just solid beings my goodness Wow. Mm-mm-mm. But anyway, yeah. How are they? What are they doing? How are they doing it? They just, just, I don't know. I don't know what their, I, I don't have no idea what their um, family culture is, but they're some cool kids. Like they're super cool. They're mm-hmm. really cool kids. But I, I have faith that um, these but- next couple generations are going to help make sense around it and that eases the gendered. Yeah, because we're not even... Half these kids are, like, gender. The fuck are you talking about? Get out of my face. Half of... You know, like, all of this is... There's so many other possibilities. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway. I think, um, for me, some practical tips. Because, you know, my ass, I like to be practical. Number one is to be honest with your babies. As honest as you can. Of course, there's certain shit kids should not know. But I think vulnerability is important, and I think honesty is important. So that's number one. I think celebrating, again, celebrating the different cultures and the differences between not only the cultures within the household and the races within the household and the families, but outside of the household is hella important so the kid can just be and experience so much. I also think 
that it is important to get involved in your child's school. I think um, understanding the curriculum, seeing the dynamics of the classroom, the makeup of the classroom will help you be like, okay, my kid's not getting exposure to X Mm. or this or that. Mm -hmm. I need to make sure that they are getting that from somewhere Mm. or they at least are aware of it. I think donating, if you can, donating books to the school that shows your child. Here's the autobiography of Malcolm X for my first grader. (laughs) This class needs to know the transformation of Malcolm Little too. I'm dead ass serious. You play all day. Here is. You really do. You play, but I'm telling you. Make sure these whites know. I think it's important that your child has coloring books that look like them. I mean, kids, kids, like a, a kid. I think it's important they have crayons where if they have to, I'm telling you, that shit used to stress me out, where they, if they have to draw themselves, they can, and they can, they can do it with ease because it still makes me mad. Um, t- dolls, I think it's important that you recognize what what kind of doll babies I I loved that video remember that video of that little girl that little white girl in the stroller with her dad and she had that black doll and she got out and started touching the black woman and she was like wow you're you're my doll (laughs) and I, I was so happy to see her playing with that I really think that these things are hella important I think having the conversation around privilege, around whiteness, they're all important. And having honest fucking conversations with yourself about your own biases, hella important. Yep. 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 Do you have anything else to add to this? I feel like... No, I think that's it. I think the... the if you If you start from the, the root... If you grasp at the root, and this root has, root has many different little tangles in it, um, then you can always, again, wrestle with how you are complicit in repeating patriarchy, racism, white supremacy, like... It's in all of us, so let them let them watch you wrestle. Hate yourself, then love yourself. Hate yourself, then love yourself. Hmm. Child, these kids gonna le- take us somewhere. I'm excited. It's gonna get real interesting. Me, I'm trying to get rich, so I might <laughs> date a get a white guy, make this oh money. Oh my god! But JoJo might. Make it to the you revolution. You didn't even bring JoJo up, and I wanted you to because JoJo is so many things. JoJo has to figure it out. All right. <laughs> JoJo what? is gonna figure it out. That's that's nothing. I don't. I mean, just in what are you? Just in my way of being her? in my in the conversations that we have, I don't put it on her. I'm not like JoJo. You gotta be. You gotta say that you're be black and proud because mm-hmm. that Jojo is Eritrean. Jojo is phenotypically, you know, is looks black. She doesn't have white in her. She doesn't have this. She does, but not in the same way, like a white parent where she may have the angst and mm-hmm. the discomfort in a way of like, I don't, 
And Jojo has lots of white friends. She's lots of black friends. Um, I think my, what I'm more interested in is like you said, is start what I said is laying that foundation of the society is fucked up, Joe, and you have to lead the revolution. So you haven't done that yet. Not, not, I mean, do you know my mom? Do you know my dad? Do you know? Yes. Like yes, Jojo, yes. do you know her dad? Like the, it just, it's in the conversation that it, she's, it's always in her ear, but I'm not like Joe. Now listen to me. I wonder Wait, if she understands prison it. pipeline I w- works. <laughs> but have you talked to her about like do you understand when when these yeah but she automatically prickles when there is this um when there is this push to do of a, a very racial race charged thing so she was in her co-op and now there was a lot of like we're going to do this african thing first of all jojo's from east africa right and all She's of the practices are constantly West African. So that's the first part. And her dad is also like, what? But, you mean her so, dad is East African? You yeah. said she's from East Africa. Well, Jesus. he's he's from East Africa. Jojo right. is East African. So black Americans are very heavy on going back West to their Afri- West African roots. So the first thing she's Nigeria, like... Nigeria, Ghana. What Cape, are y'all even talking Cope, about? Yeah. But... So she uh, she automatically prickles when it's forced on her when when this like black shit is put put on her she's like she she's not interested in that that's not what she's interested in and eventually mm. she will I think as she figures out her identity she's not into identifying herself as anything in this moment some kids maybe you know so like if your ten year old eight year old is not really that press to say if they're a biracial African girl and you're like, oh God, she doesn't know who she is. I personally am not pressed. I think it's inevitably going to come up as she grows, but that's not where her interest lies in her identity quite yet. You know, she's like more invested in her friendships. So, and the relationships which she has. So it's like being conscious to who is she relating with? What kind of, friends does she have what comes up in their friendship play that may feel alarming to her because that's where a lot of that shit comes up you know not like you sitting them down and saying you know white people do it's like oh i went over my friend's house and like i don't know this thing came up she didn't like my hair or like i really wish i had blonde hair that's what the kids always come home and say i wish my hair was long Mm. you know and that's when it's like, oh, okay, we want to. We that's when we throw in this idea of like, you gotta unpack it. white supremacy, Jolie. <laughs> no, you gotta understand. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But I want to end. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's Keep not going, her. Child. That's not her. That's not Joe's mo. She's like, listen, Joe's like, y'all can go ahead and talk about that. I'm trying to be with my clique. I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to get my hair long. <laughs> So I can be popular. That's it. That's Why? it. I'm we trying know. to be popular. Like, what? I think I'm cute. I don't give a fuck. As long as I'm <laughs> cute, like. <laughs> That's it. Child, help her. So there's this quote. It says, being half, I am evidence that race too will become a relic. Eventually, we're all going to be brown, sort of. Some days when I'm feeling really grand, I feel brand new, like a prototype. 
Back in the olden days, my dad's ancestors got stuck behind the Alps and my mom's on the east side of Chicago. Now, oddly, I straddle this blessed, ever-shrinking world. Who wrote that? Ruth Ozeki. I don't know who she is, but I like that. It's shrinking. None of this shit's going to matter. And only the strongest will survive. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Back to the Hunger Games we go. Shrinking resources are getting limited and only the strongest survive. We all going to be brown, That's what the whites are terrified of. We going to be brown. We ain't going to have no water. That's what the whites are terrified of. That is why they're like, what? We can't, we can't have abortion rights. These white women have to keep spitting these white kids out. Not my And only between white people. Getting mixed up with the dominant Africans. I'm trying to tell you. I'm Not my you. blonde Just hair, red hair. Not my easily burnt skin getting mixed up. <laughs> <laughs> Not my brain not being able to compute rhythm. Fuck that. We got to keep that alive. Can you see the whites can jump? <laughs> They're taking over. <laughs> oh, God. Yo, tricky. Anyway, I don't know if this helped the Woods family. They about to get a divorce, child. They mad as shit right now. <laughs> what? Why would you say what that? What is this? <laughs> they are such a beautiful little family. You saw a picture no, of them? No, don't get a divorce. Of course, I clicked his damn oh, profile. Oh, shout out to the Woods. I'm only playing. Being. Y'all going to push I need through. To, I need to write him back. I didn't write him back. But he'll hear on the episode. I left him on red because I was like, oh, shit. And I just screenshot it. It was like, that's a good idea. Because <sighs> I, I couldn't answer it in a DM. I was like, child, I got I to gotta YouTube how to be biracial. <laughs> Fuck you mean? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> how to be biracial. Wait, can, how can to you raise a biracial right child. How you to... No, I'm going to write how to be biracial. <laughs> Let's see what... In America. The end song needs to be, she's biracial. <laughs> look, look, look. What it means to be biracial. I identify as a human. Oh, he looks white as fuck. Oh, Poor see. guy. Poor. Tricky. <laughs> <laughs> see? Everything I just said, out the window. Oh, God. The loneliness of being mixed race in America. Ciao. Ciao. What you'll never know about being biracial. It's such, so much angst. Oh, no. Biracial in America. Proud, diverse, growing in numbers. Wow. What? The vast majority? What? What does that say? The vast majority of adults, 89%, identify as multiracial? Now, y'all lying. Wow. That's interesting. All right. Well, good luck to everybody. Good luck out there. (laughs) Good luck. Good luck. Uh, if you haven't... Think twice. That's all I got to say. What you mean think twice? About mixing the the races? About mixing the right Dr. Umar? The <laughs> Honorable Elijah Muhammad? <laughs> Not with the caucus. Not from the people from Yo, the caucus mountains. We got to find... <laughs> um, we got to find Dr. Umar. Matter of fact... Yo, I actually listened to him on The Breakfast Club when he was going in about mixed families dying. What is wrong with him? Nothing. Listen, protect Dr. Umar. I fuck with Dr. Umar. (laughs) 
How? How can you after you just said what you just said? I know. He's be like, see, now what you got to understand is. Wait, can I play? You it? are not well. And you are not welcome in the new land of the blacks. He Damn. was going to fuck in. You got to. It's his face. He'd be so mad. I think you just Wait. tricked me into how to having longer episodes. No, I'm not. I'm done. Right after this. Let me ask you a question, Dr. Umar. Are you totally against interracial relationships? I am totally against it, and I want to make sure you understand why. <laughs> Cut it out, Envy. Don't do that, Envy. We have a name for it. We have a name for it. The snow bunny crisis. Okay. I'm against the snow bunny crisis, and I want your white listeners to understand because people be trying to say stuff like uh, he's the black Hitler. I'm not the black Hitler. I am, I am in no way interested in hurting or harming the life of any human. White, Asian, Chinese, I believe in respecting everybody. Mm-hmm. The reason I'm against interracial marriage in Via Charlemagne is because marriage is an economic contract. It's an economic contract. Most women do not marry down in status. They marry up. And if you don't believe me, show me a rich white woman married to a broke-ass black man. Have you Damn. ever seen a rich white woman marry a broke-ass black man? No, you cannot, and you never <laughs> will, like, because ain't marriage true. ain't about love. <laughs> she wasn't Wait. rich, but she had to Judy. down. <laughs> yeah, shout out to Judy. She wrote it down for a minute. That ain't true. And it's, I see mad. Uh, these older white women will marry down in a fucking heartbeat. Don't play with me. Fucking up they their like, family's what? whole legacy. Older white women, they be like, yo, Uche from Nigeria loves me. <laughs> I just bought him a house. No, it's okay. the Jamaicans. It's not. It's the <laughs> Jamaicans that get the white women. <laughs> they do. Donovan they go on loves vacation? me. Okay? And his food <laughs> is delicious. And the music, <laughs> spicy. I have love you, it. Have you ever had a festival? <laughs> delicious. Donovan loves me. That is so no, funny. It's Winston. Winston loves Winston. me. Winston. Winston. <laughs> I don't understand yeah. what he's saying, but the way <laughs> he holds me. <laughs> no, we've never met, actually. <laughs> he holds me via But FaceTime. he's coming. He's coming here. <laughs> Listen to the message he sent me on WhatsApp. <laughs> Be like, bitch, what? <laughs> Dr. Umar, what the fuck he talk about? Women marry down all the time. Or all the black, With, white, yellow, Puerto Rican, Haitian. Every bitch is marrying down for the most part. So maybe they might be financially better, but they still if, down. Right. If it ain't, it's emotionally. His emotional intelligence, right. 10 steps down. <laughs> 15, bitch. Physically, like, oh, he ain't pleasing you. 17 steps Matter down. Matter of fact, that Man, raggedy ass mahogany <laughs> art, it be the bitches. It's women. Carrying the load and the men just dragging them. The women chained to these fucking men and they just pulling them down in the quicksand, baby. And carrying the world on her butt naked, child. Right. We need to make new mahogany art. And then uh, mad mad men just sucking on their teats for nourishment and nutrition. We need to make new mahogany. That Where my creative bitches at? I know (laughs) y'all tapping out of the capitalism dig into your creativity we need to create truthful black art truthful mahogany art let's go shit be like what it's gonna be a black man just she gonna have him what is that it's the sack they be having them in and a black man's gonna be in the sack but 
he's going to have chain. He's going to have these vines like Stranger Things pulling them down. But next to those vines are all the other bitches in his life, too. And half of them are white. Some of them are kids. And then his kids, <laughs> then his kids, the flowers, <laughs> <laughs> the offspring. <laughs> and a white woman is just And just a stressed out black woman with 14 jobs. Just a stressed out black woman holding all this Taking shit a selfie, trying to monetize and hide it all. <laughs> Trying to get on the Instagram. Right. She got her, the mirror up, and in the mirror, she looks beautiful, but really, she's just fucking weeping <laughs> and fucking exhausted. And then the craziest part is she's not just his wife. She's also his mom because she parenting this motherfucker Damn. as well. Damn, emotional. And then... Bam. And then <laughs> the other shackle... She's walking through a graveyard of white people that are pulling her down because society as well is pulling her down. Child, Lord, help her. Help the queens. That is it. And she got a shirt on that says self-care. Yo, it's a you <laughs> fucking it up. Yo. <laughs> wow. Where the creative bitches at? Let's see this writing. <laughs> Let me see. All right. That's good. <laughs> Somebody doing that right now. They stealing our fucking idea. You heard it here first. We need that real black. If you gonna real do that mahogany black art, art, make it real. Matter of fact, fuck mahogany art. This is biracial art. Bi- <laughs> coming to you. It, it, coming to you. What color? Coming to you what color from is mahogany? The is that what? what <laughs> I gotta go. That? I can't. We need a we need a caramel one. Are you Googling what color mahogany yeah. is? It's like a deep, rich brown. Mahogany, mahogany, oh. Like a mahogany wood, like that color. Oh, wow. That's a beautiful name. I'm naming my child that. Mahogany. All right, y'all. I got to go. I got to listen to the rest of Dr. Umar. Anyway, we hope this episode was helpful, part two. And let us know how you feel about this. You know, let us know how you feel about us breaking it up. Were you able to take it all in? Did you listen to the end of the episode? Give us a call at 215-948-2780. That's 215-948-2780. All right. And uh, with that, we are out. You have just heard an Around the Way Curls John. Follow them on Twitter at ATW Curls and Instagram at Aroundaway Curls. We out early. <laughs> Very good. She's biracial. She's a biracial girl. She's biracial. She's a biracial girl. She's a biracial girl. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you. Hey y'all, Antoinette here, and I am inviting you to take a bite out of summer with HelloFresh. From chef-curated seasonal recipes to their very new fresh and fit summer menu, HelloFresh brings flavor right to your door. And if you're looking to eat well this summer, HelloFresh's menu features calorie-smart and protein-smart lunch and dinner options. HelloFresh makes it easy to reach your food goals with flavor recipes that will definitely leave you feeling satisfied. Also, HelloFresh gets that you want options when it comes to what to make for dinner, not just the same old tired thing all the time. That's why they offer 40 recipes to choose from. Did you get that? 
40 recipes to choose from every single week. So you'll never get bored and you can always find something new to try and love. Listen, it's peak time for summer produce and HelloFresh makes sure you get all of the best picks all season long. Their ingredients travel from the farm to your door in less than seven days for a quality you can taste. I recently made the Gouda Vibes Burger with tomato, onion, jam, and potato wedges. And I must say, this was one of the best burgers I have ever had. It was absolutely delicious. All of the ingredients were fresh, they were quality, and they were bursting with flavor. So what are you waiting for? Go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping. Again, go to HelloFresh.com slash ATWCurls50 and use code ATWCurls50 for 50% off plus free shipping.